All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Bartlett's been the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosakis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail. And that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks. Uh, they're easy to transport. All right. Or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. And you can pick it up at a specs near you. 1-800-707-9760. All right, before we get to uh, Mike's phone call, um, yeah, so before we go to the break, I was setting up because now you're getting a reaction of people around in the media, former player, about this, you know, this decision, not so much to fire Frank Wright, but to come out of left field and take Jeff Saturday out of Bristol, out of the booth with no experience whatsoever and name him the head coach. So, I was able to listen to most of this press conference, but um, Jonas has about a minute. I've, I've got a real take on what this press conference really, because honestly, it was it was kind of a joke, and I'll tell you, and I'll explain it to you why when we get back. Let's see. What did he have to say? Give me one second. Okay, so we've got some technical difficulties bringing it up with the sound. We'll get it here in a minute. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me – you know, I've been talking about, I said it yesterday, I've, I've been talking about this organization for years and, and Ursay because, you know, and, and I would say they really came on my radar to, to really dive into their organization after that SI article. Are you ready? No? Okay, let's go hear what Ursa Jim had to say. It's an intuitive thing. There's no rule book that tells you now now you should make a change now you shouldn't it, it's something um for being in the league 52 years it's intuitive um you know i've been thankful i i've never hired a losing head coach in my life uh the last interim head coach i hired became a super bowl winning uh, coach bruce arians so um i've been fortunate and blessed um on the path of uh bringing in um coaches whether they're interim or or head coach expectations are high here look we're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000 all right that means in the upper quartile of winners we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile that's rare air and we've earned being there and um uh what we've accomplished speaks for itself i don't i don't have to crunch numbers to to say what we've accomplished but I am very excited uh, to, to have, uh, as Chris is, to have Jeff um, here and, and uh, next to me as the interim head coach. Um, just uh, couldn't be more thrilled about having him here. And yes, he is fully experienced enough. Yes, he is fully capable. He's extremely smart. He's ex extremely competitive. He understands the game. Okay, first of all, um, this is why I first think that the press conference was a joke. Because the really the press conference wasn't really about Jeff Saturday. I mean, he was there in his blue tie. But the press conference was, to me, 
it sounded like this was a press conference called on to be a more about Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard defending their moves, defending, taking, trying to go down history class of what, how, you know, banging out to the Indy family. Oh, don't forget we're a winning organization. Number two, what's bullcrap? First of all, yeah, if you want to put the label on it, Jim, whatever, man. Bruce Aarons wasn't really no real intern coach, man. Chuck Pagano had cancer. He was battling cancer. He missed some games. Bruce stepped in, a guy that had been around the league already over 20, 30 years from Pitt, from Pittsburgh Steelers organization. At the end of the day, he stepped in for Bruce, uh, for uh, Chuck. They went on a winning streak. They made the playoffs that year, and that's what it was. It wasn't really – this is – I mean, in the whole firing thing, like I said, the guy doesn't have a track record of firing coaches during the season. That's why I know it's chaos up there because he's out of character. But yesterday's press conference, you have Chris Ballard sitting there, which I, I've got a lot of respect for Chris Ballard, but he proved to me yesterday that he does listen to that fan base because he's sitting there or the media because he said that, well, you know, you guys ripped me for receivers. You ripped me because we didn't go to receivers. Now you're bitching about offensive linemen because I paid the off. Look, when you're a GM and you are in the National Football League, you can't wallow in the mire. You can't get in the mud with the fan base, man, or the talk radio dude or, or whoever covers the team. You Even if you hear, they all listen. But to take a press conference that was supposed to about be introducing a guy that was grabbed out of thin air in Jeff Saturday and introducing him, Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard made it about themselves. And I'll tell you this, the, the truth of the matter is, and, and you know, the narrative today, I brought it up yesterday and I tweeted out and I said, look, look at the amount of coaches with experience, especially the African-American coaches that are on this staff that's been around for 20-some years, 10 years linebacker. You, you've taken somebody from the outside where anybody could have used these 10 games to audition for the indie job or audition for 28 other teams that might be in for a head coaching job on Black Monday. So to me... You know, it got some attention in regards to people tweeting out about that. You know, um, you know, I know I, I think I shared, you know, Joy Taylor of Fox Sports, you know, used to be on Collins show. I think Joy's got on show. She tweeted out a video uh, on her show that basically she has. I retweeted that, you know, former ESPN host Jamil Hill tweeted because I think people are, you know, forgetting the bigger cause in this because this is part of the problem with the NFL in general. And I and I love Jeff Saturday. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you got to ask yourself, you know, Jim said that he knew it was time to make a change because it got it went from bad to worse. Well, you know what, Jim, this is a situation where because of your relationship with Jeff Saturday and it's been a consultant. You know, keep in mind, Jeff is a guy that basically kept the peace when that NFL was about to go to the lockout. You know, that famous picture of him hugging Robert Kraft when they struck a deal. Jeff Saturday's a very smart individual. But look at the situation Ursay has put him in in general. And Jeff, who's going to say no? I mean, do I blame Jeff for saying no? No. You know, because you're playing with house money, man. It's just, and this, make no mistake about it. This is a ticket. This is a dog. Come see the bearded lady. Come see our famous statue here now as a coach in Jeff Saturday. I know y'all are pissed off about the offensive line. But remember when we had Jeff? This is about selling tickets keeping fans up there coming while you know that you're about to go flaming out the truth. That's what this is too. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is part of the bigger problem. And then this is why I bring up, you know, cause people say, well, you, you can't say, you know, this, and I, and I'm not calling Jim really a racist and this is right. But I, what I will say, this is, you know, people say, well, what, why could you even say that bringing color because he hired Tony Dungy? 
And then he hired Caldwell. Well, first of all, if you want to say that, first of all, Bill Polian went and got Tony Dungy from the depths of Tampa when Tony didn't have a winning record in, 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 in Tampa. Okay? It was Bill Polian. Bill Polian got this position off the fact of what he built in Buffalo. The K-Gun offense, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith. So I'm not going to give her, oh, well, I, no, he didn't hire Tony Dungy. Bill Bowling did. And then also on the thing, let me tell you about Caldwell. The second one that people want to say, Caldwell had to take a phone call and it was basically Peyton Manning signed off for him to get that job. Peyton Manning signed off on him as a referral to get the Baltimore Ravens coordinator job, offensive coordinator. Best year Joe Fluco's had since he was in the, in the league. Won a Super Bowl that year. Caldwell came in like week eight. That offense was trash. Came in week eight, went. So if you want to say, and he also fired, first of all, he also cut short and threw the first African-American coach under the bus in a Sports Illustrated article, meaning like, hey, that's one Super Bowl wasn't enough. I always talk about Peyton Manning in that article, but let's not forget the disrespect Tony Dungy was given. Also, let's not forget Caldwell set through Painter as a starting quarterback and went 2-14 and 14 the year prior leading them to the Super Bowl. Peyton has the surgery. He sits and goes through 2-14, even though he took that organization to the Super Bowl, lost the game, but took him to the Super Bowl. Ursay fired him, knowing that the the franchise was had a scalpel in his neck. This guy is a joke. I've said it for years. The, everybody else is starting to see it. Listen to the way he talks. At the end of the day, like, oh, I don't care. He doesn't know analytics. It don't matter. This is, look, I'm familiar with you. I don't know who I want to give this job to in interview, but can you come bail me out? Can you come comfort me? That is an organization. And, and, and he sits up there. This is the guy that hangs up runner up banners for divisions in their facility. He talks about winning on four time. Well, what's up, man? There's one ring to show for it. Johnny Unitas, I think, got the other one when they're the Baltimore Colts. Is that the who owns that one? Isn't that still Johnny in their record books? The Indianapolis Colts. Isn't that still Baltimore Colts? The Colts in that move assumed the history right. of the Baltimore Colts. Okay, so that was Johnny Unitas. You got one. He's a trust fund baby. See, people get upset and they try to be Jerry, but the one thing I'll give Jerry, Jerry's a football guy. Daniel Snyder ain't no football guy. Jim Mercer's a trust fund baby. Man, most of his time he's playing in the local pub in a band. And you're getting, you're putting this guy in a situation where when he goes in there, do you understand these guys has been assistants for 10 or 15, 20 years? And I know Jeff Saturday's probably going to go in there humble. He'll, hey, God, I need y'all. But it doesn't matter what he does because they're going to look at it like, are you serious? Like, how are they going to get behind or how is the whole team going to sit there when they know this is a joke? They fallen off mighty far. There was a guy, I mean, we're going to try to get him on the show. I forgot his name. He's the Indy, he wrote an article, USA Today. Uh, he he um, works for the Indy Star. I thought he, there were some things in here. I, I disagree, but there were some things in there they hit a home run on. They run this franchise and it's gone on earth. And you remember, I tell you, there's leaks. There's not just floods. It starts with leaks. This start, And he has a history of this. I mean, hell, guy had really no GM experience. The guy basically spot him and worked out at his local gym in Grissom. Was his GM for years. This is why we, this is why they in that mess. You don't recover from ruining and losing a quarterback like Andrew Luck. 
that quickly. And this shenanigans about Jeff Saturday and the way that press conference was all about Ursay and Ballard, give me the coach that with skins that's a former Super Bowl winning coach that's going to go want to coach this team in this organization. And I don't give a damn if they do end up with the top three. The only way I'm letting him off this hook, and only time will tell, the only way I'm letting this all, him off this hook, speaking of Ursay, if this is a chess move, because I'm all about chess and not checking, if this is a chess move, because you think you can bring your consultant back, and this is the guy that's going to help you bring Peyton Manning back into the family, and all of a sudden we've got an old coach movement that's running, maybe Peyton runs the team, and maybe Jeff Saturday is a, gets demoted to offensive line coach, or he goes. Now, if this is a chess move to bring this guy, Peyton, which last night in the telecast said he had no idea of this, this is, and I believe Peyton. Peyton ain't connected. The only time Peyton comes back to that organization is when they got a retired jersey or they celebrating that team. He don't hang out there. That article was damaging. But if this is a piece to the puzzle to get him back in the fold, okay, maybe. Other than that, this is he set them back. He set them back. They're gonna have to, it's gonna be a young coach. It's gonna be a coach with the first year experience. That's what I believe. If they land somebody like Sean, if they let, I'll say I was wrong. That guy is a problem. He's a, he's, he's been exposed. I felt he was like this. I ain't even down in India and I had a post on this damn team and that owner. He ain't like, you know, he's one of those that he got exposed for being a melon owner. All these decisions are his. 1-800-707-9760. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760, 1300 Zone in Fox South Central Waco in Texas. What's up, Mike? Yeah, man, I was going to talk about the Indianapolis Coast situation, but that's an organ. That's, they're not even worth talking about. Uh, they, they're going to go downhill. Anybody who would do something like that, they, just, they deserve to lose the last eight or nine games, whatever they got left. I, I want to talk. You, you never did answer my question that I asked you the other day. I want to talk about a team that matters. Um, I wanted to ask you, what, what happens if San Francisco goes on to win the Super Bowl? You know, they bring in McCafferty and they looking real good, and plus they had a week off, no telling what kind of plays uh, Shanahan is going to design up for, for Debo and, and um, uh, McCafferty coming off of this uh, bye. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think will happen if the, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl? What are they going to do with this, uh, this young quarterback? Are they going to move him out of town? Are they going to uh, still want to ship Garoppolo out of town? What kind of situation will they have if the 49ers win the Super Bowl? And I'd like for you to answer that question. All right, Mike, thanks for the phone call. And I do remember you asked me that. And true story, I was actually, you saw, called in Friday. It was 7.15, around 7 o'clock, or maybe about 6.30. I was at a red light. And I said, you know what, man? I didn't even answer Mike's question about that. I remember the true story. I'm not, even, not even lying. I, I was just one of those, you know. But anyway, yes. First of all, Mike, no, man. I told you, the NFL gods are going to bless Jimmy Garoppolo because he handled this situation good with a champ last year after taking them to the NFC championship game. And you got, I mean, look at Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy's a good looking guy. He's got pride, man. Italian got pride. Handling like a champ. The football guys are going to bless him with a birth to the Super Bowl this year. He's going to win it. I don't know if he's going to win it. Cause I got to see the matchup first. But he's going to lead this team, I believe, at worst case scenario to the NFC Championship game. Or if not the Super Bowl, and to answer your question, Mike, no. He's going to get paid by somebody else. Detroit might be looking at him. I can give you a list of teams. Look, at 
this is a one-off. They've got to go. It, this is just going to be one of those in a rare situation. Jimmy bet on, well, didn't really bet on himself. He didn't have a choice. Jimmy went ahead and wrote it out, being a good teammate, being a rah-rah, the locker room. Like, he's going to write his check if that happens. If my prediction happens, they get to the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. Trey is the quarterback that they got to see what the deal is. And the only way, I mean, the only way you stick with Jimmy, if you can flip Trey and move him, but I just don't think that is the case. I think still to this day, it's a building divided either. Like I said, I think it's Lynch. Lynch feels, in my opinion, Lynch feels Jimmy is limited. He feels that eventually we can't count on him because of his injury prone. And two, he's limited. I think Kyle Shanahan, he's the one that really, I believe, reports wanted Mac Jones. John Lynch wanted Trey. John's the GM. They came in this together with really no experience. They've done a hell of a job. Well, Kyle was offensive coordinator. He he wasn't TV analyst. I mean, he I mean he he, he comes from Mike Shanahan anyway. He could have done TV and just went back. I mean, he was breaking down film at the age eight. But the reality of it is, he was on the sidelines as a coordinator. But they came in again. John want to see it through. Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone. I th he should have been technically gone this year. They dodged a bullet because they kept him in Trey's injury. But Trey couldn't be successful with Jimmy and his personality and them looks and the way he dominates that locker room. And they gathered. Trey had no shot this year. The strange things happen, man. Things happen for a reason. That's what they say. Super Bowl or not, Jimmy's gone. And he's going to break the bank. And somebody probably going to overpay for him. Listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Today's show was presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. And we have been broadcasting from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right. Keep in mind, uh, if you are looking to step up your cocktail game with get or get insider info on new seasonal products that are coming out that's going to be released, or you just want to order online for same day delivery, just go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So. As we get into a little bit more of the NFL talk, just some news and notes here, and then I want to give out what I think my top six would be if I was in that committee tonight, and we'll see what the committee releases uh, tonight. But before that, we've got some uh, Facebook Live coming in. Terry says, Cowboys fans will never give Jerry credit. Even though he is a football guy, you won't see him hiring Larry Allen to be coach because he ain't silly like Ursay. I kind of agree. I mean, yes, when I say Jerry's a football guy, meaning that, you know, <clears throat> it, you know, could he evaluate talent on his solely on his own? Does he that? No. I mean, but I think Jerry knows enough on how, I mean, he played the game at Arkansas, but he also knows how a locker room works. He knows how an organization works. Now, does he want to do it his way? Yes. Does he want his guys he wants in there? Yes, that's obvious. But at the end of the day, he's really a football guy. He played in the locker room. And he got the Cowboys from the mud. Literally. Oil. Got it from the mud. Ursay is a trust fund baby. Trust fund. Jerry put everything on the line for the Cowboys. So that's my opinion on that. I've just, I've lost a lot. Like I said, my whole bone with Ursay really started with that article. Cause I just, I, and I knew I was like, what is this guy doing? I mean, he, he's guaranteed multiple Super Bowls in two different decades. And I haven't delivered on that. And he disrespected a Super Bowl title. Like it wasn't good enough. Go ask the Bills. Are they going to be proud if they can get over the hump this year and win a Super Bowl? Okay, go ask the, you know, go ask some of these other teams if they would be happy with the Super Bowl. He crapped all over that. Terrible. But anyway, all right, moving on. Some other NFL news as well, too. Um, Josh Allen is supposed to be having his shoulder, his arm looked at, I think it is today. Uh, got dinged up with the Jets. Um, this is something to monitor. 
uh, because I feel like, you know, this is one of those, you know, my philosophy, it just comes down to like, you know, this is the franchise now. He's the franchise. You know, you can't, you know, and I know it's all in. The chips are all in for Buffalo this year. But you just cannot, you don't want to trot him out there, especially the style that he plays at with. You know, you don't want to trot him out there with the shoulder of any sort if it's not really 100% or it can pretty much be subject to further damage. Not even for a Super Bowl run. And especially you might have to say, hey, you know what, we would like to have home field advantage. But to have Josh close to 100% in another you know, month and a half to two months is more important. So, you know, it's just one of those situations that we'll have to keep an eye on, you know, with it. Um, I think one of the things you said yesterday that really was just like kind of mind boggling to me is the fact that they are 0-2 in the division. You know, that is something to keep an eye out on as well, too. You know, as well. Um, you know, so... You have that. Also, what else do I want to check on uh, NFL-wise? There was a couple other things, but I kind <clears> of <throat> slipped my mind. But that's pretty much pretty much it for the big news that's going on in the NFL for the most part. Uh, other than that, oh, also, the Raiders. They just released a few hours ago Jonathan Abram, their former first-round pick. The reason why this is news to me, because I don't know, but I'm willing to tell you, I think the only first-round pick that's left – from the Mike Mayock and John Gruden fiasco, I think is Jacobs, the running back. You'd be right on that one. Am I right on that one? Yeah. Because I because I knew Abraham was still over there. Look, the guy plays violent. He just can't stay healthy. I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, he's hard-hitting, but he cannot stay healthy. So by them releasing him today, I knew. I said, you know what? I bet you that's it. I mean, the, out of that regime, there's only one left, and that's Jacobs. And that's why I will tell Raider fan, stop it with the whole Josh McDaniels needs to be one and done, and he's a go. Josh ain't going anywhere anytime soon. He knew he had to turn over this roster. That's what you got to do with teams that hit rock bottom. You got to turn over the roster, and whoever hires that guy knows, that, hey, if that ain't my quarterback or ain't that my roster, my GM that I wanted, you know, you got to give us a couple years. They ain't going nowhere. I don't care if the Raiders don't win another game. I knew they had work to do. That's why I picked them to finish dead last in the, in the division. And the only reason why I'll be wrong on that is if uh, Hackett and the boys, if they can't get their offense uh, turning to at least score 21 points a game. But if that's the case, the Raiders will finish dead last like I thought because of stuff like this. I knew they needed roster help. you got to turn over roster sometimes when you fire a coach. Look at Indy. They about to go through the same thing. They about to go through the same thing, especially if he has to clean house. So to me, that's just one of those layers on an experiment that kind of didn't go. I, you know, I think John, John tried to get too cute. I think by trying to think out the box and hire Mayock just because he spends hours and hours breaking down draft tape for NFL Network, that was a go-go uh, gadget arm reach. And I just, you know, you could tell they were trying to draft Alabama players and Clemson players. That was the game plan. If they're good in college, they'll be good here. Just draft them. What a joke. What you got, Tom? Well, speaking of Clemson players, I did totally uh, forget. They do, they do have Clellan Farrell on that defensive end still, um, but they, did oh, dec they declined right. his fifth-year option. That's so. right. So, okay, I forgot about him. That's a good call. That's a good call on that one. But, yeah, that just lets you know. And the Raiders, speaking of that, the Raiders, they have the Colts this weekend. 
I mean, they, you know, somebody's got to win. Yeah, Raiders are coming in at two and six, blow another lead. You know what's crazy? Because Jeff Saturday, just a week when he was in the TV booth on his segment on NFL Live, he said, you know, the Raiders just look awful. That's a terrible team. Now he, that's his first coach that he's got. I mean, first team he's got a coach against. Welcome to the job, Jeff. You think that one's making its uh, oh, it's, way yeah. into players' lockers well, right Well, it's then? circulating already out there through the, the internet and stuff. So, yeah, man, so that's just one of those. And, again, just on that whole situation, and, again, I understand people get hookups all the time in life. You know, I remember I referred, like, maybe two or three people when I used to work at West. Hey, just tell me no, Callahan. Okay, when I was in the corporate world, yeah, I would give it Hey, just tell me you know we get in. So I, this is what this hiring is about with, with, with uh, Jeff Saturday. I mean, it's about selling tickets and come see the bearded lady. But at the end of the day, also, this is just a homeboy. This is a hookup. This is, hey, come. And that's the reason why the NFL has to do whatever they need to do to really take black african-american ownership bid seriously and when these teams come available like the what that's why i made the comment about the why because when we talk about the lack of jobs and the lack of you know vps you know uh operational when we talk about the lack of minorities even at that it the only way you fix that it starts with the ownership it starts with we had to own the team That's just what it's always been when it comes to that topic. That's just in life in general. That's just what it is. You know? 1-800-707-9760. Okay. So tonight we get another edition of a college top 25 playoffs. We know what took place last weekend. We had quite a few, couple big upsets. Uh, Clemson went down. Alabama went down. Tennessee, Tennessee went, went down. down. All right, so I don't know what the committee's going to do, but this would be my top six, and I'm going to try to get this off the dome here. At number one, I would put Georgia because I had them at number one last weekend, and nothing's changed. They just proved it and solidified it, okay? Number two, I'm going to go ahead and put Ohio State at number two. Now, granted – I understand they got off to a slow start against Northwestern. Man, it was 40, 60-mile-an-hour gust wins in that game. That's really the only thing that kept that game close. And I'm pretty sure the committee should take that in consideration. That's the only reason why Northwestern hung with them. But I would put Ohio State number two. Okay. Number three. See, I'm trying to do this off top of the dome. Number three, I'm going to go ahead and put Michigan at number three. And I'm going to go ahead and honor the Krispy Kreme donut for now and the goose egg. Even though you can look at and maybe say Big 12 is not really that competitive. At the end of the day, they're undefeated. And they are in a power five. So I'm going to put the, the, the Horn Frogs at number four for now in week two. And the fifth spot, I'm going to put Tennessee. I'm going to put Tennessee at five. And then at number six, 
I don't know, man. That's kind of where that's kind of where I'm stuck on who's going to be that even number six. I know that's kind of where I want five, but I'll pick anybody you want to throw out there at the number six spot. Somebody that I'm missing. Who am I missing? Well, if you're following the AP top twenty-five, of course, totally different set of uh, rankings. Um, they've got Oregon at six. Oh, there at you eight go. And one. Um, they also we follow that up. LSU seven and two. USC eight and one. I'll UCLA give. Eight. Okay, I knew I was forgetting. To, I'll put Oregon. I'll put the Oregon is my number six. Now, granted, there is a good chance that Oregon could really leapfrog because that Georgia beatdown is not looking too bad right now that they took in week one from Georgia, especially the way that they have played. You know. In the last, I don't know, five, six weeks. I mean, they look good ever since that blowout. But again, this is that personal human nature bias kind of I'm going against Oregon. Like, look, man, I I don't know if I know it's a different coach. I know it's a different culture, but I don't know if this is a different Oregon team that can really play with these other dudes on a neutral field. But I will give them six. I can't put them ahead of TCU and an undefeated team. Okay. And that's why this game between TCU and UT is so huge, especially for T. I think it's huge for both because you know where my standard is for the burnt orange. We They've got to finish strong, and they've got to beat the teams in the Big 12 that they're supposed to beat. So to me, it's a big game, and it's a big game for TCU because if TCU doesn't win, they have really no margin for error because of the landscape of the Big 12 because even if the committee – puts them at four tonight, and they lose as a seven-point favorite to them, to UT, they're going to drop pretty far, and I don't know if they can get back. Their margin of error is not that great. And the other reason, let me just explain this. If Tennessee would have lost, if Tennessee would have lost to Georgia, let's say by a field goal or seven points, a touchdown, just a back-and-forth game, I wouldn't have dropped Tennessee out of my top four. I just feel that that's, first of all, the game wasn't even as close as what the score indicated. It was total domination. And I I just feel with what you saw in your naked eye test, you can't, even though they were your number one, you got to put them at least to that first out to number five. I I think that's what the committee should do. I, I think, honestly, if I'm going to look at the committee a little side-eyed tonight, if they leave Tennessee in the top four, I really am. Not the way that game went. I'm not saying drop them all the way down their frauds, but you got to put them at five or six. You got to put them either. I would say five is fair. That's their first loss. Georgia's defending champs. But that game, the way it played out, that was brutal. That was brutal. 1-800-707-9760. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone in Fox South Central Texas. Waco, what's up? Uh, hey, Kelvin, thanks for having me. I just wanted to give you props. You called that game on Saturday. Uh, the Longhorns, of course, you know, they were on their way to uh, to maybe losing that uh, spread that they had, but Adrian Martinez turned into Adrian Martinez and fumbled that ball at the end. But anyway, what I wanted to ask you really is get your opinion is why do you think the uh, the Longhorns have so much problems, you know, scoring in the in the second half? Again, they only scored three points. Uh, this last time, and and the defense to me is pretty decent, uh, except they're not getting any help from the offense. So that's why these teams are 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 scoring, you know, fourteen, seventeen points in the second half and getting back into the game. Anyway, that's all I got. 
All right, thanks, Fernando. Yeah, I appreciate the compliment for um, hitting that one. I told you, man, that's just a rule of thumb. I'll give you a little nuggets out there. It's just, again, it works especially at this time for college basketball. But you got to get deeper in that. But, man, when you get a ranked team and they play a team that you know undefeated and, and the desert's telling you they favored, doesn't hit all, about 90%, go with that. But that's that was a short number. I knew that that was – and then just talent-wise, I figured they'd beat Kansas State. Now, this weekend with TCU, I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll let you know on Friday how I feel about that. But the question, to answer your question, Fernando, I feel that, you know, Zach made a good point. He was calling up yesterday to um, cry about his Colts and the embarrassment that's going on. Uh, but he made a good point about Texas. He said, you know, maybe, you know, Sarkeesian maybe the new Kellen Morrill College. I, I mean, that's one thing that made me think that, yeah, you know what, this is really to come down to probably maybe a lack of adjustments. You know, at halftime, maybe figuring out, you know, this is a day and time where a lot of coaches, especially college and NFL, they're going with that scripted stuff. You know, those first 10, 50 plays and scripted. So maybe that's a part of it that teams are just figuring them out. I don't know. You know, maybe the lack of focus when you're up. You know, some of the good teams, like if you look at Georgia, even playing Tennessee, when they got up on them, they didn't lose a lack of focus. They stayed intense. They stayed like pit bulls. Kirby learned that. He took that knowledge with him to the edges. I mean, that looked like Alabama a couple years ago. How they used to do top. That, that looked like it. But he learned from Yoda. And that's what you're supposed to And that's what I think Texas is like. That's probably is just that you got to stay that killer instinct, in college, especially in college. But you got to stay pedal to the metal when you're one of those top teams. And especially if you got a team down, it's, you can't play the scoreboard. And the good coaches preach that. So we'll see. You know, I'm not going to be, but to this weekend between at TCU or TCU traveling to Austin, that's going to be, that's going to be must see TV. That's a pretty, and I think game day showing up. They finally got game day there. So game days, nobody's bumping UT. So game day is showing up for UT and TCU. Sunny Dykes. No games in the NBA tonight because of voting. You know, the NBA, I think this is part of the whole negotiations the last couple of years, you know, the, the climate of the country and everything. They use most of the arenas uh, for voting uh, polls and stuff. So no NBA tonight. Um, you do have college that just got up and going yesterday. Didn't really get a chance to log too many games with scoreboard watching to really dive into some of these teams that are, you know, pretty much that team. I mean, one of the, I mean, I haven't looked at them and looked at the roster, but I am very intrigued to see the follow John Calipari this year and what kind of Kentucky team he's got because he's had some couple down years. You know, I mean, John's the man up there. He could have probably had another shot at the NBA. He makes a killing up there in money with Kentucky and the Bluegrass State, but. He's had a couple down years to his standards, and that's why I'm eager to see what type of Kentucky team he has this year. What do you got? Well, speaking of down years, one of the storylines heading into this year, too, is Ewing over there at Georgetown. 22 consecutive losses, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy, you know, he he stuck around a lot. You know, Patrick's family, you know, um, but if they fired the third, John Thompson the third, and he's blood, of the man that put the program on the map, they'll kick Patrick Ewing's ass out too. I gotta pay George because he he looked like he was promising a couple years ago, and then last year I think COVID really did them in and stopped some momentum. But yeah, they'll probably be looking to get him out of the way. Patrick should have been having one of these NBA gigs, you know. He could have one of his NBA gigs, and we can call guys from Bristol 
on NFL Live that got pancake segments and just give them one out of 32. Patrick Ewan said 15 years in assistant. Should have had an NBA gig. But like I said, we don't own the teams. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Bartlett Spinner, the one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button and before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.